Hi, I'm Dr. Kim Corson, and I'm a developmental psychologist and coach who blends art and science to help people thrive. And I'm your co-host, Daisha Clay. I'm here to learn what Kim's teaching, too, to ask lots of questions along the way and to make sure that you have fun while you're listening. And on this podcast, we aim to teach you about the tools you can use to get to know yourself better. To maybe even become a better version of yourself. And we're going to teach you how to actually use these tools in your own life. Over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. I don't know the words. Oh! Oh, <laughs> it's the horse knows the way to carry, to carry the, sleigh. the sleigh through the, but what's the next line? Through the wild and drifting snow. Through the wild and drifting snow. This is so poetic. I don't know if the snow is wild, but it fits. Yeah. Um, oh, hey, hey, Kim, how are you? Hey, Daisha. I'm doing great. <laughs> I like that we just start with singing instead of, instead of <laughs> greeting each other. Yeah. I have a little scratchy throat today, so I'm I'm kind of pulling out the vocal fry. Yeah, and vocal I fry. have a runny nose, so oh. I'm going to pull out, is there like a nose equivalent of vocal fry? I have nose fry. No, <laughs> no. no, the only thing I could think of is like nose trumpet. Like if you blew your nose, it could sound like a trumpet. Ah. Is that what is that what your trumpet sounds like? Is that what your yeah. nose sounds like? I don't know what that was. I don't what know was what that, that was either. I don't, <laughs> I was just making. I just <laughs> add sound effects sometimes. I don't know. Desha, we really we should behave ourselves today. Yes, we we should. <clears throat> we should be very professional today because we have a guest on today who is very professional and. We should be on our best behavior. Yes, we have company, and so we should mind our P's and Q's and act like civilized people. We should. Yes, but Let's will do we? that. Let's. <laughs> we have to try. We, we will try. We'll try our best, and that's all you can ask. So, it was your idea to have this particular guest on the show, and I'm wondering why you wanted this guest for this episode and uh, and like tell us a little bit about who he is. Yeah, so today on the show we have my friend Ron Lambert. I have known Ron for a long time, all the way from high school when I used to call him Ronnie. And I still call him Ronnie. He still lets me call him Ronnie, so that's good. Um, and I know him now on a professional level because he's a client of mine. Uh, he's an executive client of mine. We've been working together for about two years now or so. And um, he is a market leader for Starbucks Corporation. And the reason that I thought he'd be really good on the show is because we've been talking about gratitude. And Ron's whole focus during the pandemic and even before the pandemic, but just his focus whenever he does any type of leadership really comes from a place of gratitude. Hmm. He practices gratitude on a personal level. And then he brings that in to his work on a professional level. And specifically, the reason that I thought he'd be good for this show today is because he can speak really well to how gratitude can help us during times of uncertainty mm -hmm. and during times when it's really hard to see the bright side. 
And when it's really hard to see what's even on the other side, whether it's bright or, or not, he always talked about going around corners and not knowing what's on the other side of the corner. And gratitude is one of the things that got him through. So I thought he'd be a great person to have as a bonus episode for people to listen to as they're driving to do all their Thanksgiving things today. So smart. Also, uh, Starbucks. Never heard of it. Never? No. No. Are you talking about Uh like Battlestar Galactica, Starbuck? Yeah, yeah, definitely Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, I really like the new iteration of that show. Anyway, uh, no, but seriously, do you think that Ron is going to be offended by our use of the term death by pumpkin spice? Because I realize that that's a big Starbucks thing. That's that's like a big... You know, I hadn't even put two and two together, and now yeah. I sort of... I But that episode's already aired, so there's nothing we can do. It's, I guess it's not. there. I mean, he did agree to come on, so so, you know, he'll have his chance to... To, to speak his mind he about can have a, our a pumpkin spice rebuttal. He could have, a, and I hope that he does, frankly, yeah. because you know when you give a lot of uh, airtime to one side of of an argument, you have to give time journalistically to the other side. So, so I look forward to hearing his pumpkin spice rebuttal. Spoken like someone who used to work for an NPR affiliate. <laughs> Let's go. Let's get to this interview before I say anything else. Okay. So Kim, let's let's kick this off with you know, like I said, one of our hard hitting questions for Ron. Yeah, so hard hitting. So Ron, I <laughs> I want to start with you just telling us a story about the past year or so. And how that's been for you professionally and how gratitude has helped you with some of the uncertainty and some of the corners that you've had to turn, blind corners, really. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, it has been um, for myself, like like everyone, right? The, the past 18 months, 20 months, year, I'm not sure exactly. Time is just an interesting commodity these days. Um, but I would say I'll, I'll go back a little bit before the pandemic and say that gratitude and that concept of, um, what do we call it? You know, you wanted to count your blessings, um, has always had a reserved spot in my life. I would say that that's you know how, how I was raised, what we, what we placed emphasis on, um, in the family and growing up and just in the communities that I lived. But I would say that, through the pandemic, it wasn't just a nice to have, but it was a need to have in terms of both survival, self-preservation, and professionally, and an opportunity to lead others in that space. We didn't know what was happening, right? There was so much uncertainty when the pandemic started as we were going through it. It was unprecedented. I would also share that for the number of years before that, I had been working on my own personal mission, personal purpose, whatever you want to call it. And you mentioned it at the beginning um, around joy. And that is a word that has always resonated with me. And that became the starting point for my personal purpose mission. And and what I appreciated about joy and, and wrestling with that word and rumbling with that word was it wasn't a passive activity for me. 
I had an ownership and a responsibility to wherever I could not just not go find joy, but actually create joy and inspire others to do the same. So that was a portion that led me through leading in times of a pandemic. But how did gratitude come into that? Well, as we were turning those corners of unknown and and making sure that myself, my peers, and my team were there to support each other, we found that we needed to pause and reflect on those moments of gratitude where we could find them. And I always like to say that it wasn't about seeing the good in everything or trying to to find the, the, the bright side of a situation. Sometimes there wasn't a bright side. <laughs> I mean, it was just down and dirty and it was bad. And I was going to use another word, but I caught myself. But it was just <laughs> one of those situations. But what I found through practicing gratitude was a matter of Knowing that when you had moments of gratitude and zeroing in on them, it might not have been turning the the bad stuff you were going through into, well, this is the good part of it or whatever. It put the bad stuff we were going through in a space that made it all relative. So it wasn't all consuming because it was so easy to get through what to experience what we were going through as so all consuming. But when everyone, when I took a deep breath, when I encouraged my team to take a deep breath, and go, there's other things. So let's look at those other things. And then for me, that put it in perspective for myself and encouraging my team to do the same thing. So that was a real turning point. So you are on the ground working with employees in stores? Are you working with managers of those stores? Who are the people that you're interacting with? And how, yeah, how is that playing out on a day-to-day basis? So my my team is uh, the district managers of stores. So they have anywhere from 20 to 32 stores that they are, they support. So that is my team. So Mm. I'm about two levels, three levels removed from the actual store partners, Mm. but that's, that's the teams that they are directly impacting on a day-to-day basis. And so when you're talking about having these, these meetings, like you're having virtual meetings, are you in the stores with them? Everybody 16 feet apart and <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah combination of both but as soon as the pandemic started they all went from every day in in stores and interacting with customers and um, store teams alike to an all virtual world yeah and that where it was where we really leaned in on this as a first team to mm-hmm. um, in our virtual space you know all of a mm-hmm. sudden everyone was locked at home um, during the initial stages of the pandemic and then slowly begin to come out. But we really have leveraged the virtual space to um, show gratitude both for each other and for what's going on holistically in their lives. Basically, so many of us were, were pushed into isolation during the pandemic. And uh, all of these things that we could do that we just kind of came to take for granted, all of a sudden we couldn't do. So as a leader, like, how are you engendering this gratitude in the people that, that you're leading? What are a few of the specific things that you're telling them? That, that, that's a great question. And I, I view my role as a, as a people leader of just that. You know, I'm, I'm not, you can't lead a profit and loss statement. You can't lead a technological implementation or anything like that. But what I, what I find my role is doing is, is leading individuals to reach their maximum potential in the space that they want to grow and develop and learn in. And with that, as kind of my personal leadership approach, is you have to 
embrace and encourage the entire individual. And within that, you know, we're, we're having conversations around what they're grateful for both personally and professionally. Mm. So it's not just a a one dimensional um, approach to how we've gotten through this with the lens of gratitude. But, you know, we spend a portion of our weekly meetings that are virtual with gratitude and kindness as a set component of our agenda that is sacred. And that allows the space and the place for the team, the partners to share what their gratitude from the mm-hmm. smallest of things to um, great finishings of projects or life milestone events. And I think it's just so important to allow people to bring their full selves to work and be comfortable in that space. It increases mm-hmm. productivity and increases, increases a sense of belonging and it increases a sense of team. Yeah, because work is where you spend so much of your time. And it's funny how we compartmentalize that and go, well, there's my professional self. And then there's, you know, me. And yeah, so that's really interesting that you, you like recognize that and trying to bridge that weird divide that we seem to make in our minds. Yeah. And I think the pandemic accelerated that for some and um, made it okay in a really unique way Mm -hmm. because there was so much unknown and there was so much uncertainty that there was, there was no other, there was no playbook to go Mm -hmm. from. So when there's not a playbook and then that there's that level of uncertainty, you have a choice. You can either engage or you can disengage. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm I'm happy and, and proud to say that, you know, my team engaged and they engaged fully. And I think it's because we created that space and that environment to pause, to take an individual and a collective breath and to focus on, okay, can't control a lot of things right now, but what are the things that I am happy about? I'm grateful for, and is, is becoming touchstones for me to focus on that so that I can get through the uncertainty and the unknown. Kim, I have so many follow-up questions, but I don't want to bogart <laughs> the guests. I see you making notes, so you yes. should go for it. Well, I was actually going to, I have a couple of follow-up questions, but I was actually going to touch on what you just said, Ron, the idea that I imagine there were times when listening to your team's moments of gratitude were the tiny lifts for your day when there was, you know, complete uncertainty and and no playbook. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I think that it's a uplift for all, you know, I I mentioned at the beginning that joy is such a powerful word for me personally and something that I build my, my purpose on. Um, when we were realizing that this pandemic was not going away <laughs> and it wasn't, you know, a two weeks, Oh, we're back to normal. Um, when, when that realization set in, I started looking for, well, what is another touchstone word that makes sense to me that can give others, um, that foundation that we needed. And, and that word, um, for me and words are really important <laughs> to me. I think they're powerful. They're incredible. And they, they, they carry a lot of weight, but that next word that built on the joy that I had been purposefully living my life with was that of hope. And when you can create a space where there, when we were living through a time where so many people felt hopeless and there was nothing 
to look forward to all the things that they were they had been excited about both from you know whether it's personal travel or restaurants to exciting things at work whether it was opening a new store or building a new relationship um, within our business partnerships when that's gone that was hard and so having that conversation around we needed some sort of foundation because that's what felt like was ripped from us was a foundation. But when we recognized and went down the path and the conversations of what well, is hope our foundation and what does that mean? What could that mean? And hope is one of those things where it's, you know, it's not tangible. It's not, Oh, you know, our foundation is our guiding mission and principles. Yes. Yes. That is all true. But there was something magical and meaningful for everyone when we brought hope into the dialogue and conversation. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Was there a moment or is there an example of a time? Because I know you mentioned that sometimes there weren't bright sides. Sometimes it was really hard to find the bright side. Was there, is there an example of one that you could give us that maybe you had to really dig deep for that hope, for that foundation, and it really helped you? Oh, yeah. You know, um, in the midst of this, so that, that's how I was leading my team. And then in the midst of this as well, we were looking organizationally. What could, what could we do that's not necessarily operational or financial or marketing or any of those things? And, I, and I'm happy and proud to say that one of the, one of the things that we came up with was a, a group of a small group of partners. In the beginning, there was seven of us, I believe, seven or eight. And we, we deemed ourselves the kindness crew. And it was just an idea that someone had and said, hey, what if we got together and just talked about what being kind in this space means? What, what could that mean? And I got to tell you, those conversations are what provided me hope mm-hmm. and what really solidified the importance of having a foundational conversation that provided something to hang on to. Mm-hmm. And and it's incredible that this kindness crew from early and, and such um, scrappy beginnings is now getting um, published in our store-facing um, plannings. It's, it's getting airplay when we have our town hall. It's a conversation that is crossing so many teams, so many orgs in our groups. And that those early conversations are really a turning point for me that made we're onto something here because of the impact. How happy were you when Ted Lasso came out? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. I was incredibly, I was a little late to the late to the show. I did a lot of binge watching in the beginning uh, when when I finally got wind of it, but yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. I bring it, I bring it up in seriousness because I feel like this interesting phenomenon happened in the pandemic and clearly you're a part of it where kindness suddenly went from being this very eye rolly thing, you know, that you see printed on pillows at the T-shirts, store or whatever. Exactly. And you, you're just kind of like, Oh, message from your barista. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but it like, it went from being that kind of thing to being like kind of cool to be thinking about that. And I think that's, I'm, I'm just guessing that that's from all of us collectively being in such a weirdly dark place together, potentially dark place and trying to keep ourselves and others afloat. 
But my question in there is, what do you, what are, what are your theories on that? Because clearly this, this was a, both a personal and a professional thing that happened for you too. You're, you're part of this wave yeah. of kindness. Yeah. I, 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 th- I, you know, what it means to me. So I think I, I love that you kind of said what it, what it was and now what it's turned into mm-hmm. through this shared experience of a pandemic that we've gone through. And I think before we were always looking for those, those grandiose moments of kindness are those massive heroics, you know, what is like the donate my kidney and, you know, look, look, you know, this is an amazing <laughs> thing, yeah. but you know what, that's, that's intimidating and exhausting. So when you scale it to well, what's going on in the day to day, what are those small moments? That's where the power is to me when no yeah. matter what you're faced with, and this, this is totally what resonates with me is the intensity of deadlines, work, whatever it was, or the unknown of those things that we were going through for the very first time and going, nobody's ever gone through this. What do I do? How, how bad am I going to fail today? Just to be able to take a moment, turn around and look for those small things, whether it's a sunshine, a, a sunrise, a quiet moment with a loved one, or someone smiling at you in the car next to you. Those are the moments of kindness that I think are contagious uh-huh. that I think no one will ever get sick of and won't be the, what were y'all talking about it last time? The pumpkin spice sugary <laughs> obnoxious spice um, barf. not that pumpkin spice barf. That's it. Yeah. So yeah. no one will get, no one will get, um, get sick of it because it, yeah. it's just bringing us back to those moments of humanity Mm-hmm. that put together can do incredible things. It's crazy how powerful those moments are too. And I have to like, I'm a, I'm uh Kim and I are both runners. And when I'm out running, I tell, Oh, you too. Nice. Yes. Um, and I, uh, when I'm out running, I'm a, I'm a waver. Uh, there was a thing in runner's <laughs> world. Are you a waver or a nodder? And uh, I was like, Oh, I'm a waver a hundred percent. Like, Hey, other runner. <laughs> and I'm such a dork. I do it to everybody. And when I get a wave back, I'm just like, I got waved at today. I actually <laughs> yeah. talk about it when I get home. And like those little things, they're, they're, they're huge. And, and like, so great. I'm right there with you. Yeah. It actually picks up my pace a little bit when I get the wave back. Cause I'm a Me waver too. too. My <laughs> heart rate on the <laughs> Apple watch goes like, well, yeah, for sure. There must be some chemical thing that Kim can explain to us. <laughs> yes. Explain Kim. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it is. It's a, well, those are glimmers, right? Those are what yeah. I always call glimmers and what Deb Dana calls glimmers. But what it, it's, it's just a cue to your nervous system that, hey, here's a little lift, right? It's, it literally is a lift. And so that releases some of those feel good hormones that are there, those endorphins that are already pumping while you're running. But then you get that little lift that just pushes you even more. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So what we always like to end our show with practical tips for people. And so I'd love for you to share with us some of the practical things that you do for your own gratitude practice. Oh, I love that. Everything to me is habit, habit forming. So the practical tip that has gotten me through this is is writing down, taking that moment and writing down those, those things that I'm grateful for and creating the space for, if you're leading a team to create the space for them to share what they're grateful for. 
if you can. That has been pretty powerful. And it sounds simple. It might sound corny or hokey when, when you know, you see a business agenda that is topic after topic after topic, but what they know is going to be constant on that is going to be gratitude and kindness. Mm. And that's as practical as I can get. And I protect that time because we all need it. Um, and I, and I do have hope that it's contagious and growing. Um, there's, there's the, 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 the young gentleman at my gym every morning and I don't know, he's probably in his early twenties. Um, and he's there 5am, you know, greeting us in his suit at the gym. And, but I noticed a number of months ago when he started that he had his notebook and there was just listing of things and it, it looked like a gratitude list to me. So I asked him, I said, Hey, can you tell me about that? And he said, yeah, every morning, I, you know, I'm going through a lot um, and I have to start my day just focusing on all the positive things that I've got going on. So don't get sucked into the other stuff. I was like, wow, this stuff's catching on. <laughs> so the practicality of just writing it down and creating a habit is so important. Mm-hmm. Not a grand plan. Mm-hmm. It's just taking a breath, taking a moment and being grateful. We've talked about this a little bit in, in this series about sort of purposefully, proactively changing your own uh, neural pathways and your, your what is it called? Negative bias, Kim? Is that right? Yes. That we have sort of evolutionarily and like purposefully changing that, you know, bit by bit from this like negative default to, to looking at positive things. During the pandemic, like it strikes me that there were a lot of weirdly positive outcomes, such as this rise of kindness and gratitude and the change of our perception of those things, like like having this less sarcastic, snarky, eye-rolly attitude toward them and like actually embracing them. And I wonder where you think that's going. Are you going to keep, keep on this? Absolutely. I am completely keeping on gratitude for myself, but also encouraging others that it can be transformative. It's not the sugary sweet cat hanging on the poster behind you know in some weird office it is a way of embracing challenges it's a way of not just getting through something but thriving through something and i feel a responsibility and encourage everyone to do the same to to be proponents of gratitude and of th- that practice because Without it, I have no idea where I would be through the pandemic. Mm. There was at one point out of you know my, my 251 stores that were in my portfolio at the time where I had 60 of them open and that was it. Like wow. there, there was moments of viability. You know, do I have a job? What does the future hold? Do, how am I going to, you know, lead this team that more than half of them had no stores open. It was a lot of uncertainty. So with that, I I am so hopeful and I am positive that it is gratitude has provided so much and enabled people to think and focus more on what's possible and support problem solving and support Mm -hmm. new ways of thinking when you bring in those moments of gratitude and you're conscious and you're aware of them 
and you take the time to focus on that mm-hmm. to get us through and to get us better than we were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ron, thank you so much for being on our show today. I'm very grateful for you as a friend and as a podcast guest. You inspire so many people. You inspire me, and I just really appreciate you being on here. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you both for the invite. Um, I just enjoyed it, and, and Kim, I appreciate your friendship. Your coaching is invaluable, and, and that I'm immensely grateful for. Um, so thank you. Ron, it was great to meet you, and yeah, I hope you'll come back and join us sometime. Anytime. This is my first podcast. This was fun. Nice. Nice. <laughs> and now I want to go get some coffee. Yeah. Please do. <laughs> I highly encourage that habit. <laughs> yeah, push it, man. That was fun, Daisha Clay. That was, in fact, fun. And I had a good time. And I'm grateful that you invited him onto the show. I'm also grateful that I... I'm grateful to myself for inviting them on the show. <laughs> it is important that you practice these things to yourself also. <laughs> Gratitude. No, but what I really meant to say was I'm, I am really glad that he came on the show. Yeah. I just yeah. sort of like said, see, that's what we were talking about where someone says like, I'm grateful and you have this automatic response that you feel like you're supposed to go, I'm grateful too. Like it's, it's weird, right? It is weird. It's kind of like when, when somebody tells you happy birthday and you're like, happy birthday to you too. <laughs> I do that, I do that I... all the time. <laughs> Not with the happy birthday thing. Cause of course my birthday is a national holiday, but I don't know. I, I do that with a lot of things where someone's like, like someone will say, have a nice day. And I'll say you too. And then they'll go you too. And we just keep going you too over and over again. In a loop. It's really in, a, in, a, in, a, in a politeness loop. Yeah. You can't stop. You can't stop. You can't, won't stop. You're just stuck there forever. <laughs> Say goodbye. In the politeness loop. Well, no, I, th- I think like that was such an interesting conversation with Ron because I think, you know, during the pandemic, so many of us found ourselves adrift in, you know, various ways, professionally, existentially. And he was having to lead people through a really difficult time, which I imagine brought a lot of challenges. Like, how how do you do that? How do you keep not only yourself, but others afloat? And there are a lot of directions that he could have gone in, but it sounds like gratitude is the, is what it really boiled down to for him. So it was clearly a very practical tool for him to use in a really rough time. And it seems to have, to have really made a profound impact on him, not only as a, uh, as a person, but, but professionally. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think about so many of us went online, right? You know, yeah. I changed my practice to going online, which actually turned out to be a really great thing because I work with people from all over. I work with international clients, which is pretty cool. And there's a lot of pivoting that he and his team and everybody had to make. So I, I just think I loved, I loved all his talk about gratitude and I loved the insertion of kindness. The, the idea that kindness is kind of a conduit 
to gratitude. Yeah, we kind of we kind of touch on that in our upcoming episode. Yeah, and how being kind can help us to feel gratitude inwardly too. So being kind outwardly can help us to feel gratitude inwardly. And if you want to learn more about that, you should listen to our upcoming episode, which will be released next Monday. Yeah. If you're listening to this Thanksgiving-ish 2021. Thanksgiving Eve. Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, um, I have to go and uh, do some grocery shopping for Thanksgiving. So I'm going to sign off. All right. Well, for all of our listeners in the U.S., happy Thanksgiving. And for everyone else, happy Wednesday. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And for you people in Canada who already had Thanksgiving. Hey, guys. Hey. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) I'm sorry, Canada. I love you. (laughs) Bye, Kim. Bye, Daisha. The Dr. Kim cast is hosted by Dr. Kimberly Corson and me, Daisha Clay. Our researcher and writer is Kim Corson, and the podcast is engineered and produced by me, again, Daisha Clay. To learn more about Dr. Kim and her services, find her online at drkimcorson.com. That's drkimcorson.com. There you'll find all the links you need to follow her and get in touch. The information provided on the Dr. Kim cast is not therapy, nor is it meant to take the place of therapy or professional mental health counseling. Dr. Kim is a developmentalist, which means that she coaches people through change and personal growth. Neither she nor Daisha treat or diagnose mental health concerns through the information given on this podcast. The Dr. Kim cast is brought to you by Pillow Fort Studios.